Today's episode of the C-Experts podcast is sponsored by Pathlight. Pathlight is an award-winning performance intelligence platform that supercharges your frontline employees' performance with the real-time metrics and coaching they need to succeed. Head over to pathlight.com to request a product demo. That's pathlight.com for a demo. And now, on to today's episode. Hello, this is Ramona Cassiano, Chief Customer Officer at Pathlight. Welcome to the C-Experts podcast, a podcast for operators by operators. I'm a 20-year CX veteran that has helped high-growth startups become trusted brands. My experience spans the early days at Verizon as a frontline team member. I guess that's why this headset feels comfortable to me. Uh, to helping Netflix start its legendary customer support culture, to scaling global support teams at Zynga, which where we supported 320 million monthly unique players, and to growing earn-in CX team from 35 frontline folks to over 1,200 in three short years. At EarnIn, we purchased a platform called Pathlight, which transformed how we understood and managed the, the performance of our growing team. And I loved it so much that I joined the team and here I am today. And speaking of which, today, my guest is Melissa L. Brown, who's also currently AVP of uh, Learning and Development at a company called uh, Sutherland, a huge BPO, which I'm really interested in learning more about her experience. But let me just quickly uh, pull up her LinkedIn and walk you through her amazing background a 20 plus year one as, as well as mine. Uh, so Melissa, you were at PrimeStar as a workforce uh, management and team lead, uh, <clears throat> operations manager at Midwest Recovery. I think where we met was uh, seniors, you were a senior operations manager at our, our systems. Yeah. And then a director of call center operations at a startup called Trusted ID, which was acquired by Equifax, where we worked really closely together and then at TD Ameritrade, this is what I love about your experience here. You really start digging into learning and development there as a manager. Then you continue that at Xerox as a quality assurance and training director. Um, and then spent a few more years uh, in the BPO. And you were at, spent a few years at Conduit as a director of call center quality and training. Continued to grow your experience there as the global director of training and quality assurance and now really kind of the highlight, which I love, is now your AVP of knowledge management at Sutherland, which I know is a huge company with over 40,000 40, frontline team members. So is there anything in that 20-year span that jumps out or is worth highlighting for our audience? It's just an amazing kind of uh, background. Well, I mean, you can see, first of all, that I've, I've been in the BPO space for, for a very long time. Um, and frankly, I've been in the call center space since since college. So I know nobody goes to school and, and thinks, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to major in call centers or call centers is, is what I want to do for my life. Uh, but frankly, I'll be honest, it was it was either a call center job or waiting tables. And I uh, was a terrible waitress. And so I, I got started in call centers, frankly, as an agent. Um, so my experience, I, I think one of the things that, that I love about what I bring to the table is the fact that I do have experience from the agent level all the way up. Mm. Um, so having been doing this now for a lot of years, uh, over 25 years, uh, enough that uh, with that experience, again, from the agent at the supervisor level, the manager, the director, and, and now the, the pleasure of being an AVP with a fantastic company, um, keeping in that knowledge management 
learning and development space. So that's kind of a niche that I found for myself uh, right around, probably around the TD Ameritrade uh, era, um, kind of making that selection between going the operations path or the trainings path. Um, and I choose just chose training and um, I'm so glad that I did. It's, it's definitely the right fit for me. Yeah, that's, that's so, it's probably true with a lot of folks um, who've been in this space a while. I don't think we planned on being here, right? But because of how many, the impact that you can make on our frontline team and kind of replicating that at, at scale and, 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 and kind of balancing the, the art of, of running a, a, a huge team and plus the science of it, it, it really pulls out a lot of, a lot of skills. Um, anything in terms of how you approach your, your roles in terms of, you know, trying to understand the needs from a training and development perspective. I know that uh, it could potentially be cookie cutting, but I know it's not. And so what are some learnings over the years that you could share with uh, other learning and development managers that have made you really successful? Sure. So for a lot of years, you know, I focused on program training and program training is essentially, this is the client to which I'm assigned. I'm either learning the program in order to teach it, um, Mm -hmm. which is sort of like what I did with TD Ameritrade, or I'm a leading that program and and leading individuals, trainers, uh, training managers and whatnot, also in that program. And I did that for a lot of years. The distinction that that I had, um, again, going back now a a number of years, um, was kind of being able to pull out from the program training and look at people in in a different fashion. So program training, you're taking an individual, we'll call them a rep or an agent, Um, And we're turning them into somebody capable of taking calls for that program. What I focus a lot now on is moreover looking at that person, um, kind of like the, uh, I I look at it like the industrial organizational psychology of of training Mm -hmm. in the call center, right? Um, Because we're talking now, and especially with the pandemic, on how those individuals are learning and coping in that virtual space. So while I think, you know, not to take away from the the program training or that learning side, but I think we're dealing with an entirely different shift uh, in in our worker, in an individual that is looking at, you know, the early part of their career. And all of a sudden they're they're coming out of school, be it high school or college, into Mm -hmm. this workforce that is largely remote and they're a little lost. So a lot of my passion now is is related to what do we do for this individual? How do we change this experience for this individual? Um, So differentiating that from the program training and getting to a little bit deeper on on the overall aspect of learning and development as as a whole. That's great. So is there anything like in the last 12 to 18 months, really, which is your experience at Sutherland, um, that really that you feel like you've done really well to kind of magnify your results? I think there's always things that I can look at and say, I've done really well, but I think more than that, I always look at things and say, I wish I can do more, or I want to do more. I wish I'd have done more and I'm looking forward to more. Um, and I think this is a, a, a perfect um, such example. When I, again, when I talk about uh, how, how agents are learning and what their experience looks like, um, it's it's very similar in and we look at what trainers are doing and how are trainers coping. So one of the initiatives I'm working on right now, um, very, very close to launch, in fact, um, is a 
project that is essentially teaching our trainers that all came from brick and mortar spaces. So they're all used to standing up in front of the classroom and being a big showman and none of that translates into this behind the lens. So that was a a huge need that we had for the business was essentially how do we optimize this experience for the learners via the trainers? Um, So so that's one of the biggest, well, certainly the largest initiative um, on which I've been working that is specific to, at the end of the day, our learners need to learn this from a program level, but how do we get to that given that the experience is completely different and a full shift of that paradigm in that work at home space? Wow. So that not only encompasses uh, the actual delivery of the content and how it's, you know, how folks are presenting their information, but also to, to the technology and really the expectations of the, of the learner as well. What, what has been the biggest aha, like learning from, like, I'm a learner, I'm in this, in, in this kind of new digital world. What kind of feedback are they asking for in terms of the services or, or experience you're trying to deliver to them around knowledge management? I love that question, Ramon, because I get that question a lot. You know, what what did you learn the most or what's the biggest thing? And I'm going to be honest, and this is the same answer I always give, but it's an unexpected answer. And my answer to that is that I think we're still not getting feedback from individuals that truly drills down to their ultimate need within Mm. themselves as individuals. I think that they come to us and say, I I could use more help using this platform that we train on. Okay, we can can help you with that. Um, I could use more help understanding how to connect to the VPN because every day I struggle and I lock myself out. We can help with that. Those are things that, that people tell us. What they're not telling us, I think, is the real key. And I think they're not telling us these things because this is brand new. I think they can't imagine, in fact, that they're lonely. They're not telling us that. They're not telling us that they're bored. Mm. They're waiting between calls. And sometimes it's really busy and that'll keep me going. But when it's not in a brick and mortar call center, when you have some time between calls, you talk to that person right here (laughs) or over there or the one walking by. They don't do that. They don't have that opportunity. Those social environments and those social hubs, nobody's looking back and saying, hmm, I'm really missing those social hubs, right? People aren't telling us that, but that's the reality that we're living in. And so I, I think the distinction is, you know, it's, it's very common that companies, you know, in, invest in technology or infrastructure um, when there's an ROI on it, when there's a mm-hmm. dollar value that, that you can drill to it. And I think this is unique because most studies will show us that productivity has, if, if just remained flat or perhaps even improved uh, with the work at home environment. So you can't attach some a dollar figure and say, we're going to improve productivity as though it declined because it didn't decline. But people are missing out on a lot of opportunities a lot of experiences that they had before if they're coming in new to their career they have that nothing necessarily to refer to but this is it this, right this isn't, works. this isn't what my mom talked about my dad didn't talk about <laughs> this sort of thing very very different and i think we're not hearing it but we need to listen yeah and you know i think 
by listening to that that example, a few things really struck out. I mean, that's important is I think the value of having that frontline experience, you've carried that through, right? And so you understand from the, the empathy of a frontline person having that interaction, being able to kind of ch- chat with someone in between calls, and that's completely gone, right? Like that's now um, feeling isolated. And I think I think the second thing that you've made me really think about more is, you know, we talk about work-life balance, but it's all now one. Work and life are in one kind of capsule now. And helping people through your training and, and maybe through the, uh, in, you know, the the learnings here is helping them create a separation, right? In terms of like, this is, it is going to be a little convoluted, but like really setting up your, your, your workspace and your time to, so that you can feel like you can separate it. Um, and the last thing really, that's probably the most important is there is, I think, think you've accepted that there is kind of a new norm now. And I don't know, like, how many of your peers feel like it's going to go back to that world again, where you could high five people, walk the floor, right? Give out attaboys or whatever kudos real time uh, in person, you know, but that, that may never be, maybe it's a hybrid. And and I think you're part of the leadership, right? In terms of helping people understand there's probably not going to be uh, and the, the the old way of going doing business is. Do you believe that, or is that something I, I that? Um, you know, and, and again, I'm I'm a big picture gal, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, you know my that way way back when I was waiting tables or doing call centers. You know, I was <laughs> going to school for for sociology, and I I look at this sort of thing from that perspective, and I look at you know what you call the new norm, um, and I look at you know, how long ago it was that we were uh, hunters and gatherers. And then we were, you know, agrarian society, in an agrarian society, we were farmers. Um, And then with that, the industrial revolution, and we Mm -hmm. moved to the cities. So from the country into the cities, and we worked at factories. And then we went from factory workers with the, with the technology, technological revolution, and we moved into offices. So again, even more urban, and now this new normal, this new space, this mm. remote first mentality capability that we have, you're not any longer tied to your location. You, all through the history of time, it's been your job and the location are tied together. If you're a farmer, you're in the country. If you're an office worker, you're in the city, or at least mm-hmm. you're not far out in the country. This is the first time that we're seeing that it doesn't have to be that way. Now, to a degree, some, you know, and we're not going to find agents taking calls from, you know, the beaches in Thailand, uh, but, you know, <laughs> they can be at home, they could be in their living room, they could be in their deck, you know, mm-hmm. any sort of opportunities that, that, that we have now, I genuinely believe that we will look back at this historically, and we will look at this as a true shift in history, where remote first came after that technological revolution. Well, wow, that's really uh, insightful. And I, I think about when you talk about geography, you know, and you hire within that, there are certain biases that are already kind of assumed. You know where they work. You can talk about neighborhoods or parks they play in or stores you shop at, right? There's some kind of bond there. But how do you build that when someone is in an area that you had no, you know nothing about, you know, in terms of how they spend their day, the activities they have and other things that or even... Uh, economic or governmental issues that we're not aware of. 
Um, is that part of how you help leaders become more, you know, culture related to the to their kind of global team now? Is that part of learning and management of, of the future, or is that something that um, you're working on? No, it, it definitely is, um, and I, I think you hit the hit the nail on the head with the word global. Um, specifically in, in the call center environment, you know, we we kind of went global a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're certainly not centric to the to the United States. So I think in in fact we we've done surprisingly well with with the globalization. But what I think we actually have a lot of opportunity for is again looking, let's just speak to the United States. It used to be if I was in Omaha and I was a manager in my Omaha call center. I knew all the Omaha people. And like you said, Ramon, you know, you're, you're familiar with that. You understand, oh, they live right down the road or, well, they shouldn't be too minutes too late. You know, they only live six minutes away or you know, that sort of thing. Well, now that same Omaha manager has people in Texas and the Northeast and somebody mm-hmm. in the Southeast that has a tornado and somebody in California that just fell off in the earthquake or whatever mm-hmm. those things could happen, poor Ramon. <laughs> um, and so I, I definitely think that Again, there's a lot happened with the pandemic and a lot of things, you know, we're all centered around keeping the lights on. So I don't think that this is something that's been well focused with, um, on just because there's been so much going on. But I certainly think uh, managing to your, even if it's just within the United States, there's so much going on just mm. within those different geographies, managing to the, to that just in the same fashion as we've had cultural diversity training when we're learning about others from, from different societies or, or different far away geographies. I think we'll have very much the same when it, when it comes to more centric to one's individual country as well. Yeah, that's that's really uh, a key insight. You know, earlier you talked about employee experience leading to customer experience, but really also um, who you're hiring, the diversity has increased, but also to the customers you're serving. So maybe that it goes hand in hand, right, in terms of making sure that your team is representative of the customers that you're selling to or servicing. So really the ideas and the formation of even training or, uh, you know, problem resolution encompasses really that quote unquote, the global, global view. Um, yeah. So, you know, I guess to, to close this out, like give us a preview of what your next 12 to 18 months looks like. If there's something that is around the corner that people don't see yet, or something that you're, you think might be helpful to this audience around your, your, your expertise, um, that would be great, great to hear. So as though you didn't hear how passionate how passionate <laughs> I was about it earlier, um, I genuinely think whether it's in the next two months, 12 months, or, or heaven forbid, two years, but around that next corner has to be our taking care of our employees mm-hmm. in a way that is not our taking what we used to do in brick and mortar and just trying to translate as best we can and put that onto the virtual environment. I genuinely believe new things have to be invented, thought of, invested in, and in doing those things. And I could give you a litany of those ideas, mm-hmm. but I, you know, don't want to don't want to bust my my uh, bubble too much. Um, but in that, in those investments, in deciding that this is the sort of culture that we want to have for our people, no, it's not going to give an immediate ROI, but it will return tenfold in lower attrition, 
uh, higher throughputs, mm-hmm. longer retention, loyalty, goodwill, things that don't show up very well on the balance sheet, but that they make a huge difference at the, in the bottom line in the long run. Yeah. And, you know, I've said this on other podcasts, you know, customers vote with their dollars and employees vote with their hours. And ultimately, the companies that can serve both are really the ones that are going to finish on top. And I, you know, I think that uh, the reason why you and I are both passionate around the CX space is um, we've, we bring a high degree of curiosity and passion and energy, but also I think you're, to your background, a huge amount of success and success breeds more success. And for that, I thank you because I think as you, and I've worked with you as well, you've inspired others around you. I'm sure other people now in your team look up to you. And I also want to offer to our audience your LinkedIn profile as well at the end of this podcast. So feel free to connect with Melissa, you know, ask her questions, uh, whatnot. And um, and my contact info will be uh, available as well. So with that, uh, thank you very much for uh, joining me today on the CX Experts podcast. Thank you for having me, Ramon. Appreciate it.